To the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, Episode Ten, and we are here, Carlos Ramon and Robert, the, your Opinionated Benchwarmers, and man, we made it to Episode Ten, bro. We finally made it to the double digits. Yeah, bro. How it feel? Yeah, it feel good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we in here. So this episode is gonna be pretty interesting because we're gonna discuss NBA free agency, which is hot right now. Um. But before we get into that, we just want to shout out all our listeners, all our fans that are listening, everybody that's supporting us on Instagram and Twitter, O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram, as well as anybody who has ever commented or liked our post, we appreciate it. Anybody that has left a review or has rated our pod, we appreciate that as well, and we appreciate the support and continue supporting us, please, as we continue on this journey. And... uh the advantage of many other people is that you you're not a bandwagon. You've been with us since the beginning, so you know once we once we get to where we're going, you know you could be one of those people that be like, hey, I remember those guys, you know. Right, right, right. So uh, we in here. So uh, let's discuss the NBA free agency. You know, uh, I guess the headline will be where is Paul George going? That's right? the headline. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna let That's my headline. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think Paul George, I mean, you know, just watching both of his specials, you know, first episode, you know, you get the thoughts that he's leaning towards Thunder. Second episode, you get the thoughts that he's leaning towards the Lakers, you know, and it was all about how he, you know, how he loved the Lakers growing up, you know, and different things. And he sat down with Dwayne Wade, talked to him. So, I mean, you get the feel. He, he kind of threw you hot and cold. One episode this, second episode this. So, third episode, I'm kind of interested to see which way he swing with it. You know, but I love to see that boy in the Lakers jersey. Yeah, I mean, it said the third episode is actually going to drop after the decision has been made. So, like, we going to know what he's decided, what he's doing. I'm so sick of these guys. Like, I said that I wasn't going to watch it, but I ended up watching it, and I was mad at myself. <laughs> you fell right into the yeah. trap. Because <laughs> they made it a point of Sports Center. I'm just watching Sports Center, and all of a sudden, Paul George is nah, nah, nah. And then I'm thinking, oh, they're just going to talk about Paul George in general. And then they just go into this, you know, documentary. I'm like, okay, you got me. So I ended up watching it. And him and Dwayne Wade sipping gin and juice. (laughs) (laughs) And just chilling and kicking it in this rich, you know, condo that they probably staged. Dwayne Wade pulling up with this souped up F-250 on dubs. Yeah. You know, but... You know, I just thought it was unnecessary for him to consult with Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade didn't go through, you know, a free agency decision like this, you know? Well, I don't know, bro. If you kind of look at he tried to talk about how 2010 was for uh-huh. them and said that they didn't. I thought that they had everything planned in advance, but he acts like it was almost like a spur of the moment. It like was not free a spur agency, of the like, moment thing. LeBron, just like LeBron is doing now, just like LeBron takes the KD. A couple of days ago, <laughs> he texted Dwayne Wade. Hey, you broke that story Wade. too, huh? Nah. Your uncle, your uncle, Steve your Blake. uncle Stephen A. broke it. <laughs> I'm trying to deflect it off on me. You know what I was saying. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it's just like coincidentally, but no, it ain't. 
you know, you know, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh was in cahoots, and they was like, okay, let's do this. And I feel like that's the same thing with LeBron, you know, texting KD or whatever. But I don't know. I'm over it. I don't care what he does at this point. Like, I, I would love to see him in a Lakers uniform, but it's just like, bro, why are you doing all this? Like, you know what, what you're going to do. Like, right. Did you see Wade's face, though, when he talked about that he felt like he could win with Russ or whatever? And they showed the steel shot of Wade's face, bro. And he had just this, like, blank look, like, really, bro? Like, Bruh, that's what you think is going to get done? I think Paul, this is my hot time. I think Paul George is scared of Russell. I don't know what, like, you don't owe Russell anything. You know, when your point guard is taking 20 shots a game, you know, that's taking shots away from you. And, you know, you really don't want your point guard really shooting 20 shots a game. Right, right. You know, especially at the inefficiency rate that Westbrook, you know, is is shooting it. You know, Westbrook ain't, you know, Westbrook was didn't have the best three-point shooting percentage this year in his career, if at all. So, I, I mean, I don't know. So, ultimately, where do you think Paul George goes? I think Paul George ultimately just, he's coming back home to L.A. I think, best case scenario, he goes back to L.A., um, you know, best case scenario, of course, is him and LeBron. But if LeBron decides to do else, go elsewhere, maybe Philly, somewhere else, you know, just um, one I mean, I think Houston <laughs> is out the question now because Houston, um, you know, he opted out his contract. The only way Houston could have got him was, you know, he opted in and they did not trade. But it's back to Paul George. I think he ended up back in LA either with LeBron or with DeMarcus Cousins. Who do you think? What do you think, Paul George? Yeah. <laughs> All right, if I had to nail down... One Okay, he's going to be a Laker. Okay, so we got two Lakers in the building. I think that he will end up in a Lakers uniform. Yeah. I, do. I think it's, that, yeah, that's what, I, I hate what he's doing right. with the documentary, but I think he'll end up in LA. So, yeah. the next headline is LeBron. But well, LeBron fans going to get you for saying that he was the number two headline, too. You know how uh, they all about, <laughs> <laughs> you know about that. <laughs> Paul oh, George, a bigger headline than LeBron? LeBron is in the decision cave. I mean, I don't, <laughs> in the Caribbean. So, I mean, I don't, you know, but yeah, you know, so LeBron is currently in the decision cave. So, where do we, where do we see LeBron? Bro, they like he locked up and they're like, he ain't going nowhere. Bro, LeBron <laughs> know exactly where he's going to go. LeBron is calculated. He knew who was going to go when the, when the, when the, when the, when the clock went triple zero and they got, uh, when they got swept, he knew where he was going. No, you like to throw that back. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, okay, so where's LeBron going? I would say I'm, I think LeBron is gonna be a Laker. I know I'm sounding like a Laker <laughs> oh over here, but hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. The only reason I actually said Paul George will be a Laker is because I feel strongly that LeBron is gonna be a Laker. I think that based upon what we've been hearing lately, that LeBron's decision is. That some people were saying it was going to come down to what happened with Kawhi and Paul George and all that, but lately they've been saying that's not really going to matter. So I think he's going to decide to be a Laker, and that's why I said when PG sees that opportunity to play with LeBron, I think he'll come to L.A. as well. Lowe's, what you think? Where's LeBron I, I going? I mean, if we being honest, you know, I'm a huge Lakers fan, but I really think them doing that is not smart. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, got, you still got the Warriors in the West. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you got LeBron's had an easy path all the way to the finals every year. 
So if I, I mean, I really think I see, you know, the reason why he should come to LA, you know, you know, setting up his career after basketball and his son and all that. I, I hear all that, but I'm just saying, as far as finishing this year, his hometown of Cleveland and get to the finals every year, I think it'll be smart if he found a way to stay in the East. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I wouldn't be shocked if he somehow end up with Philly. So I think he's going to Philly, and then I think the Lakers end up, you know, uh, we end up getting Paul George and DeMarcus Cousins, and then we don't trade for Leonard, and then we end up keeping all our young core and maybe picking up Leonard in free agency next year. I think that's the best route for the Lakers this year. Okay. So we got uh, Philly. We got L.A. by Ramon. I think that LeBron is going to come to L.A. Uh, I think that all signs are pointing to it. I don't think that. Uh, I, I think that just everything is falling into place. Just like Paul George, once that domino falls and he commits to L.A., then I think LeBron will be like, okay, yeah, I'm coming too. You know, because we can't discount our young core because even if even if we didn't receive a free agent this year and was just to sign IT back, KCP back, Randall back, everybody, whatever, we still could compete. I think that we still would be probably a 40-win team. Yeah. So, I mean, when LeBron is coming here, LeBron's looking at our roster and be like, okay, if another all-star comes with me and I know what I bring to the table, I think that that's enough for us to be able to compete. So, I think that LeBron is going to come to L.A. Now, the thing about it, I cringe when I say that because I've been a Lakers fan. You know, we said it the last episode of the month. I've been a Lakers fan forever, and I went through the rough years and the CDs. LeBron fans, oh, I go wherever LeBron goes, that's where I go. And then they're going to be going hard for the Lakers. But these are the same fans that used to bash us and used to have so much to say about us being Lakers fans. I I feel like on that, to me, they can't truly be a – part of Laker Nation. No, they Like, they can say that they rooting for LeBron and somewhere rooting for the Lakers in a sense, but you're not a part of Lakers Nation coming on like that. Like you said, we done went through all the rough moments, all of the downs and the lows, and we've been Lakers fans since we were kids. Like, you know, and then they just going to come and enjoy the benefits of we getting LeBron and Paul George with the young core, potentially trade for somebody else. So, you know, like yeah. you said, but... That's trash. But I think that also we have to consider is that now if LeBron was able to come and we was able to get Paul George, I don't know if that will be enough to compete with the Warriors. And that's just me being completely yeah. honest. I mean, I think there will be a, yeah. like a fourth seed, you know, maybe, you know, fourth I, seed. But uh, I think what you, you got to look at is – Right straight on paper at that point, that squad isn't good enough to beat the Warriors. If we just be honest, it's not good enough to beat the Warriors. But what you have to look at the fact is that you still have young assets. So think about it. If you wait, let's just say the Spurs do go into the season and they play hardball and decide not to send Kawhi to the Lakers. Well, that deal is only going to get weaker and weaker for the Spurs. So you could potentially make a deal in the middle of the year, still go out and get Kawhi during the season, but now at this point you're giving up fewer assets. So then you throw Kawhi in that bunch with LeBron, with Paul George, still got more of your assets maintained, and Mm -hmm. then what are you looking at at that point? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So... But it's just, yeah, it's just at this point, when you really look at the landscape of the league, I mean, the Warriors are the Warriors. And so it's really kind of tough. 
it's it's tough for almost anything to be formed right now to to beat them. I mean, they got stuck in a in one of the greatest positions where you had a top five player in Steph that was on a cost control contract because of his ankle situation that allowed their cap to be flexible to come and add the second best player in the world at that time mm-hmm. to already stacked team. And so you're not gonna really see any other team that's just in that position. So I think you can't make a decision solely on thinking, you know, yeah. can this beat the Warriors or, or blah, blah, blah. I think that they saying that this decision for LeBron is going to be bigger than that. Okay. So we got the low says that LeBron is going to Philly. And Ramon and, and, Ramon and I say that uh, we got LeBron coming to L.A. So we'll see how it pans out. Uh, free agency starts on Sunday, July 1st. I know I'm going to be glued to my phone and Woj's Twitter. <laughs> right. So, Might as well go on and subscribe to the tweets. Yeah. So, uh, right now, currently, we have going on on our Instagram and Facebook, we have a countdown of the top 10 free agents in the league right now in the NBA. Uh, if you want to check that out, it's O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram. And just search Opinionated Benchwarmers on Facebook, and we should come up. And you can check the countdown that we're about to discuss. But uh, one of the things that I read was that Jabari Parker is in trade rumor talks. So I think that's very interesting, yeah. you know, just thinking about the landscape of Jabari's career so far. You know, uh, I know when he was like in 11th grade, they was comparing him to, to and saying that he was going to be the next Carmelo. Uh, once, he got into co- once he got into college, he was being directly compared to Andrew Wiggins. And at this point, Andrew Wiggins got off to a fast start in his career, but since then has fizzled out. Yeah, his development has been even more stunning since they up to, uh, since the Timberwolves obtained uh, Jimmy Butler. Butler. So, uh, but you know, I have to run off on a tangent. But Jabari was was supposed to be that guy, but he's had a couple knee injuries so far in his career. He's been his his uh his uh his career has been injury riddled so far. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be a major piece, and he looked pretty good with with the Bucks, but, I mean, they're saying they're going to trade him. What do you think about that? I mean, you look at your boy Parker, you know, you look at, he was the number two pick in a loaded class, you know. I think Wiggins went first that draft, and then Embiid was part of that draft. That's the same draft. Julius Randle came out. Marcus Smart came out. You know, these are all, all players that, you know, has pretty much made a name for himself, and I, like you said, the injuries have hurt him, you know, and so right now it kind of puts... Put him and Milwaukee in a weird place because yeah he did get healthy towards you know the end of the season and he finished out and he played decent ball but you know how much do you pay him yeah he's a restricted free agent but on the open market do you pay him like a top free agent no I wouldn't say because I mean he hasn't proven he can stay healthy but Milwaukee I think it puts them in an interesting place do they end up matching like let's say somebody offer him some money do um, Milwaukee match that money, you know. Somebody throw up some big money like the Pacers, you know, because the Pacers have a young core that's come up and coming. Throw a big, you know, check at them. I don't think Milwaukee matches that because they got a bunch of young core right now that they gonna have to pay in the future, including Greek free. Yeah, I think it's an interesting dilemma for them to be in, and I think part of it too, you have to at this point too start evaluating, you know, what is Greek free thinking? You know, is Giannis. Is he a proponent of Jabari Parker? Does he really like Jabari being around? Because if Giannis wants Jabari on the scene, you got to do as much as you can still to make sure that Giannis is pleased in these type of decisions as well. And, and the sign and trade that you mentioned, you know, it's kind of interesting because I know they've thrown around a couple of potential suitors like the Sixers and the Kings 
um, and potentially the Jazz. And so it would be interesting. I think those are some spots that would be, I think if Philly were to miss out on the big names, you know, like the LeBrons, like the Paul Georges, I could see Philly potentially taking a chance on him, involving him kind of in the young youth movement that they have. You know, he wouldn't have as much pressure on him with having Ben Simmons there and having him be there. And Fultz looks like he's doing progressing over the offseason and all that. And then it sounds like the Kings may be kind of serious as well, you know, trying to land him. You know, you just got Marvin Bagley over there. You got your boy um, from Kentucky, De'Aaron Fox, the year before and stuff like that. And so you got these teams that are kind of going with that youth movement that may look at a guy like Jabari and say, hey, let's take a chance on him and see what he can do. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, Jabari is an interesting player. I would like to see him be healthy, you know, just to see how, you know, what he's going to do. Because when he is out there, he he looks great uh, when he's actually healthy enough to play, you know. Yeah. At his size, you know, you know he's a a modern four. You know, you you could put him into three or four. Yeah. You know, so you know he can play the perimeter as well. And he's inside, so he's a very talented guy with his size. And I hope that he can stay healthy. Yeah. And uh, wherever he goes, I hope that if he does, if he is traded, he's trading into a team that can uh, get uh, further develop him. Uh, another interesting free agent that I wanted to discuss was DeAndre Jordan. Reports are saying that, according to Bleacher Report, is saying that Dallas are strong, are strong suitors for DeAndre Jordan. Now, if you keep up with NBA Freight, <laughs> bro, I'm trying to get. If you keep up with NBA free agency, we know a couple of years ago, uh, DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan was in the same situation, and actually, uh, the Clippers had to lock him lock in the house <laughs> because he had committed to Dallas, and. He all but signed to Dallas. He just didn't make it official. And the night before, he re- he rescinded his uh, acceptance to join the Dallas Mavs. The Mavs were hurt, but the Clippers locked DeAndre Jordan in the house. His teammates did to stop him from leaving to change his money. And now, uh, fast forward to now, Dallas has not learned their lesson. They're like that, you know that. That you know, like that dude that likes his girl, and the girls say no and embarrass him, and then he goes back and tries again. Yeah. And you know, first time shame on you, second time shame on me. Like, what do you think about the Dallas Mavs saying that they are being strong suitors for DeAndre Jordan after how he did him the first time? I think Dallas Mavericks are foolish. I mean, you think about it. You know, even DeAndre Jordan on his side, he foolish. You know, you think about him, what he did. And how embarrassing that was to the Dallas Mavericks. You know, when you think about Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, both of these guys locking him up and saying they need him to complete, and then both of them end up leaving him with the Clippers. You know, they both left him this season. So he there by himself. You know, he like, all right, y'all lock me in and y'all leave me. I mean, I know Griffin's part wasn't totally his, you know, fault. He got (laughs) traded. But Chris Paul agreed to assign a trade. I know he was leading that come back, you know, when it was Live City and all that. So, I think it's embarrassing on both parts. I just think, you know, I mean, I know bygones can be bygones. You can forgive and forget, but with that, it's just like, you know, do you really go ahead and offer this dude a max contract after he embarrassed your franchise? I think it spells out, I think it spells out desperation. Mark Cuban is desperate. You know, he knows that he's missing that piece. You know, he just traded for Nikola. What's his name? (laughs) 
Come on, man. Help me out. <laughs> yeah, ain't no nickel with Tata this time. No, like, you talking about Lance. Dodges? Dodges. Yeah, Dodges. talking about Luca, bro. Luca, Luca. Okay. Yeah, he traded for Luca, and you know the Dallas. <laughs> Dallas has been desperately in need. What is um, the foreign name I'm looking for? <laughs> every every foreign. No, I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna say that. I ain't gonna say that. But he, man, now you made me forget my. He's phone. desperate. He, he, yeah, he's desperate. He's trading. Yeah. Okay, I got it. I remember what I was about to say. Um, see, Mark Cuban is desperate, right? Yeah. So he knows that you know he got Luca. Well, in the draft, he traded for him. But Dallas has a glaring hole at that center position, and he's so desperate to get to fill that void that he's willing to go back to the well again and say, please, DeAndre, come home. And at this point, I think this go-around, I think DeAndre is more prone to do that because, first of all, he's not as even – he's not that as valuable as he was two years ago. He's two years older now, so he's not as effective as he once was back then. DeAndre Jordan is probably I'm projecting him to have the worst decline that we will see <laughs> in a star because he had he still doesn't have an offensive game. He was dependent on Chris Paul. Exactly. And his athleticism and you know we know his athleticism, he's what he's thirty now? Almost knocking thirty. Yeah. If I not don't thirty. Know exactly where he is, but But, you know, his athleticism is gonna go, you know, and his athleticism he depends on for defense his and rebounding. Yeah. So he's not as so I think that he was like, hey, look, this is I'm not about to screw this up. I'm yeah. about to get out of LA. I'm about to go to Dallas where they're gonna worship me there because that's a need that they yeah. need. And you know, and, and honestly, Luca may right, make him look right. look good, you know. And honestly, I mean, he still got Dennis Smith Jr. over there too. But the thing about it, the way I look at it, is that you got to do what's in the best interest of your franchise. So I know things didn't work out in the past. I know it was a slap in the face there. But at the end of the day. If that's what puts your franchise in the best position, if you feel like, you know, I don't have a good chance with maybe Boogie on the market or I'm not sure what the Lakers are going to do with Julius Randle, if you feel like that's the best thing that I can use my money and go get DeAndre Jordan to improve my team, I say at the end of the day, you got to go and make that move. And so you may have to suck up your pride in the process. Everything, everybody may have to suck up their pride in the process. There may be some... <laughs> oh, you trying to get us back from last time. Huh? But uh, you know, everybody may have to whatever I was just saying with that. <laughs> whatever I was just saying with that. But I'm just saying there may be some apologies that have to go around or something like that. But they you do what's best for you. In a circle right. and, stuff. and then the thing about it, you know, I we can't deny that we still look at everything through a Lakers bias and to me if they take up that money on DeAndre Jordan that takes them off the runnings for Randall. And so that makes us an even, it puts us in a better position because then the market gets even more limited for Julius Randall. So, you know, go ahead, Miles. Go ahead and fill up your cap space with DeAndre. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't really too much care for Mark because he's a crybaby. Yeah, he hated on us a lot. Man. Yeah, so, man, I'm interested to see. And we saw that Melo, I think on a couple episodes ago, we all agreed that Melo would opt in. He'll be a fool not to opt in because ain't nobody going to give you $27 million after he, you know, after he, uh, after the season he had last year. Yeah, I mean, that was a that was a no-brainer that he was yeah, going to go and take that He had to go and do that. And I know he hated because he, he's like, we, well, I'll just take my $27 million and not get a ring. Yeah, but it's still 27 mil, bro. And then the thing about it, he's 
he kind of forced their hand in the situation because either, of course, they pay the money or if they don't want Melo around, you can stretch him or something like that. Use that stretch provision and you make that spread out for several years. But at the end of the day, he's still getting paid. Or if you go with a buyout situation, he's still getting paid. So at the end of the day, he's getting his money. And yeah. that's what it just means to him right there with that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, moving along, I know we had talked about Jabari. Um, I know we ran it a little bit about DeAndre Jordan. I mean, what do y'all see with Aaron Gordon? I know he's number nine on our list. Yeah, we count down I don't think minutes. people too much care about where Aaron Gordon's going to <laughs> But, I mean, I think he'll end up staying with the Magic. I mean, the Magic not going to. The Magic, they're just a franchise that's in disarray. I mean, they hadn't really been relevant since uh, Hidu Turkaloo and and Dwight Howard days, you know. So yeah, I mean, Rashard Lewis, Rashard, yeah. chill out, Rashard Lewis. So I don't know. They're Orlando's are miles and years away from getting back to where they were. So I think that this will be a good step for them to keep them. You don't think uh, Indiana might get in the mix? I think I think he should go ahead and switch teams. I think it's just. I mean, I think out of Teams all of the names though. that we mentioned, besides DeAndre Jordan. Like, you know, Randall, you know, like Jabari, he's established the biggest name for him through his dunks in the dunk contest. You know, he's established his biggest name for him. Um, so, I mean, I think it was probably better if he got a clean slate somewhere else. I mean, he, he his game has kind of developed. He has improved his jump shot since he entered the league. All he was was an athlete when he got in. So he has improved his jump shot since he got in. So, I mean, I would like to see him go to another, like, a young team, like you mentioned, like the Pacers, you know, and run up and down the floor with that team, him and Oladipo, you know, that'll be fun to watch, you know, better than, you know, him going, being, staying with Orlando, and Orlando is just not a fun team to watch. So, I'd rather see him go to somebody like the Pacers that get up and down the floor. They got Trey Young now, though, so, no, they don't. Not Trey Young no, I, I is in Atlanta. They, That's when we had our mock, and we were saying Trey Young would yeah, go to Orlando. They but he was in Atlanta. center. Yeah, they, he, drafted, they drafted Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba, yeah, yeah, your uncle Mo Bamba. Chill out. Yeah, um, I think that it'll be interesting to see because I mean he's he is restricted, so yeah. Orlando probably can match anyone. But I would like to see uh, Aaron going. I don't know what their financial situation, but it wouldn't it be fun to see him in Chicago? Chicago with, is gonna have some with, space with, with Los's favorite one of his favorite players, Zach Levine. Zach Levine. So. I mean, wouldn't it be fun to see both of those high flyers on the same team? And they got like a they're they're a fun team. They got Chris Dunn, yeah, Zach they got Levine, marketing over there. Marketing. And they just took um, Wendell yeah. Carter. So I don't know if they could. I mean, it'll be, be a log jam at at at, at the, in the front court. But I mean, I think it'd still be fun, you know, to see. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think Orlando's gonna let him go. No, that, he he's. He's their ticket seller. Yeah, pretty much. I think, like you said, he's going to be locked in there. Indiana is going to do everything that they can to get him because they've been making all the necessary moves, freeing as much space as they could. I know they were hoping that Thaddeus Young didn't opt into his deal, but he did opt in, and so that kind of messed them up a little bit. But they've been trying to do as much, clear as much space as possible so that they can make a run at like an Aaron Gordon or even potentially at a Julius Randle. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah. So So what do you think? Um, I know we kinda talked about him a little bit earlier and Lowe's kinda I think put him in the prediction piece for the Lakers, but 
what's up with this boogie situation for y'all? Like, where y'all feeling that's going to end up and how that going to shake out? I don't know. What? I mean, from what I'm reading up on it, I mean, I don't know. Rumors are rumors. It doesn't seem like New Orleans is too, you know, New Orleans, they're not against trying to see what they can get for boogie. Or even, you know, they're not opposed to letting them go. But I don't agree with that. I think that they should just really try to just give him whatever he wants to keep him because, you know, AD and Boogie, they could be special. You know, I think, special tandem. I think, I think, I think the Pelicans don't let him go just simply because they seen how well they played when he did go down. Um, and it's just, it was just a weird, I mean, I'm not saying they're a better team, but just they flow better when he was not there. So I think the Pelicans were going to end up letting him go, you know, and I think the injury didn't help him. So I don't think the Pelicans are going to offer him a max contract. So I can see him, um, you know, if Dallas end up scooping up, um, end up scooping up DeAndre Jordan, then I can end up seeing him. Well, I would like to see him personally with the, on the Lakers, you know, to be honest. But uh, that's another story. But I mean, I elsewhere, I mean, it's really not that much money out there with teams with a bunch of money. So um, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up going. He may have to take like a one-year deal for a lot of money and end up cashing out long-term yeah. next next offseason. Yeah, that's that's what I'm kind of thinking from him. I can see him being in a situation, not that he may necessarily want it, but to where he is in kind of like that two-year thing where it's not that he gets a player option, but that, that the team has a team option on him for that second year. So you lock him into a two-year deal, but you can decide after that one year how it shakes out after him coming back from that whole Achilles injury. Um, I think it would be an interesting situation for the Lakers. I'm not as keen on the boogie situation as y'all have been. Now, of course, if it happens, I'm going to put my Lakers glasses on instantly and make it seem like it's the best signing that has ever happened in the history of free agency. But, um, but you know, I just have always felt weird about that Achilles injury and him coming back to be full strength and be the boogie that we've seen for so many years. So, you know, at the end of the day, I still, if I had to put my money on it or something, I think that the Pelicans will end up bringing him back, and it may be on a deal that he's not as happy about as a free agent. You know what I always wondered in this situation? How did DeMarcus Cousin get the nickname Boogie? <laughs> you ever wondered that? It's so random. I, I have no idea, bro. I mean, what is it? I don't think I, don't think I want to know, bro. <laughs> Why not? It's but it, I mean, anyway, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, don't, I think New Orleans would be making a mistake if they let Boogie go. I mean, I don't care what the team may have looked like, but I mean, they have a better chance of competing with him on the team than without him on the team. And let's let's get down to the to the bottom of it, the nitty gritty. New Orleans is still viewed as a small market team. New Orleans still has to sell tickets. New Orleans still, you know, for that franchise to continue to, to function. So I just think that at the end of the day, when you have a guy like Boogie already on your roster, you gotta lock him I in. think you got to lock him in when you're a, a small market team. And then it alludes to what you said earlier about, um, about uh, what, what team was it where you said uh, you have to – Please just start. Yeah, I'm talking about with Jabari, with Giannis. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same thing with AD. AD saying he really liked playing with Boogie and he, you know, he really likes, you know, what they're building there. 
and he said that if he if they had him in the playoffs this year, they would have did better. And I agree with him. So I mean, if you if you start superstar player, you want to keep him happy because yeah. AD will be up for free agency in a couple of years. So yeah, I So we you know you know you have to appease that superstar. So I, I think I think Boogie I think New Orleans is smart enough to be like, hey Boogie, here's this money, stay here, fill up these seats. We don't care if we get a second round out, a first yeah. round out every year for the next two three years. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of appeasing the star and potential dissatisfaction and everything, you were just kind of weaving in right there. What do y'all really believe from those recent reports that we've heard about the Chris Paul and Houston situation where they're talking about potentially they may not give him the full five-year max that they were initially talking about before he opted into his deal and did the whole sign-and-trade and that he's feeling, you know, kind of some type of way about it, that now they're trying to kind of renege on the promise that they made to him. What do y'all really think about that? Like, how do you feel about that? I think Chris Paul is, whatever reports that are coming out, it sounds like Chris Paul from what we've known from Chris Paul uh, over the years. You know, Chris Paul holds himself to a high, um, I guess, a high standard. And I, you know, I don't have a problem with that because he's one of the best point guards to ever play the game. So I think that he's uh, earned that, you know. And I think he's earned, you know, his the money that he's had. He had a solid season this year, and he was a big part of what the Rockets did this year and the success they had. So I mean, I w- I would be offended if I was him that you know that they they're not giving him what he's earned. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. I mean, I feel the same way. That if you, you know, before this whole situation where you were trying to convince him to come, you pretty much made the deal behind closed doors, kind of that handshake that, hey, if you opt into this deal, we can trade for you, then we're going to take care of you after the fact. And now they're saying that pretty much because they have a little bit of concerns about his injuries and the fact that on the back end of his deal, he would be into the 40 millions and you're talking about a guy that's later in his 30s at that point that has already been dealing with injury problems kind of year in and year out. Um, And then they said that they may try to even put it almost as if like, you know, hey, we did want to take care of you, but now we got new ownership uh, of the franchise and they don't want to go in that total direction and it's kind of out of our hands. Um, I think all of that is really kind of bad business in my perspective. You said this when you wanted him to come. When you wanted him to commit, you said we were going to take care of you. Right. So I think you got to take care of him. I mean, the guy was essentially, I mean, he can't control that his hamstring got hurt. Outside of that, Chris Paul seemed like he was potentially willing them to the NBA Finals, you know. And so to to go back on your word, I think, isn't the best practice for Houston. So Yeah, that's pretty weak, bro. No, I 100% agree with that. I mean, I think a lot of free agents will watch out. They always watch how they end up doing with other free agents, you know what I'm saying? So, like, for the future, you know what I'm saying? So, if they don't take care of Chris Paul, like, a lot of people watch how the Lakers took care of Kobe Bryant towards the end of his career, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of how, you know, Dwayne Wade wanted that special, too, you know what I'm saying? Take care of him, but they end up not wanting to pay him. And a lot of people frowned upon Pat Riley because, you know, Dwayne Wade is Miami, you know what I'm saying? So he ended up getting my Dwayne Wade later. So, again, you want to take care of those stars towards the end of their career because, again, a lot of these teams, a lot of these players end up watching how they're taken care of. And, then it, you know, you don't want that bad karma and other players don't want to come and play for this team. Right. 
Right. So, yeah, I think that they got to get it done, got to take care of that. And I think that it will ultimately get done. Now, if it were a situation, let's just say crazy situation and it breaks down and, you know, the contract stuff doesn't go right with Chris Paul, do you think he could potentially land elsewhere? Like, if everything just went crazy in the negotiations, do you see, like, a fallback for him where he could end well, up? I think Chris Paul has leverage because he still has a lot. Of, he proved that he has a lot left in the tank. And, you know, Chris Paul game is not, not based on criticism. It's based on his mind and his basketball IQ along with his – he has a nice jumper and he has the cap- the handles to get and to the goal. And he makes, yeah, he makes everybody's better. He makes everybody better and he's a floor general. He's the best floor general in the game that we have. So I think that he does have leverage and I think that any competing team would would, you know, salivate over the opportunity to get a guy like Chris Paul. So I, I mean I don't think I think Chris Paul has all the leverage and Houston can you know, they can play around if they want to, but they lose Chris Paul, they're not gonna be the same team that they was last year. Right. If without getting another free agent. Every time we talk Chris Paul and him going to a different team, I get sick to my stomach and I think of David Stern, but that's another topic for another yeah. day. I, I, <laughs> I just get sick to my stomach think about Chris Paul going to another team and not being with the Lakers. He's supposed to still be a Laker right now, in yeah. my opinion. That's like pouring salt into a wound, bro. It's just basketball reasons. <laughs> right, bro. And that was one of the most ridiculous things. I mean, we don't need to harp on it, but Kobe would have had probably about two more rings probably would have never tore his Achilles because he wouldn't have had that weight on his shoulders that season. Bro, that changes so many things, but, bro, I I mean, we I guess we yeah. can't harp on that too much. So, so, did you guys watch the NBA Awards? I, I some, some of our things, some, <laughs> some, of, some of the things that uh, we uh, guessed would happen, like James Harden getting the MVP, uh, Dwayne Casey got Coach of the Year, <laughs> they made Toronto like doofuses. Right. Like how you how you fired a coach of the year that was voted by his peers as the coach of the year, and then he was he's the official coach of the year of the NBA. You know, Dwayne Casey is a great coach. You know, he just you know he just was facing a situation where the GM chose the players over the coach. Yeah, so that was a I watched I did watch the awards to answer your question, and that was a weird acceptance speech. It was like. He was thanking, you know, for being a coach of the year, but he, if you know anything about Dwayne Casey, he just recently got picked up by the Detroit Pistons. So now he's a Detroit Pistons head coach. So, I mean, as he's going up accepting this award as the coach of the year of the Raptors that he got fired for, you know, which he could got up there and he, you know, he was honest and he kind of took a jab at himself and he was like, I don't know if y'all heard or not, but I got fired. Um, but, you know, I want to, you know, thank the organization, the good management and, you know, his, he, he even shouted out his best player. You know, he took a lot of heat for um, benching DeMar DeRozan, you know, in the playoffs, you know. And I know I think that play, you know, you don't, I think that played a role in his firing too, you know, along with, of course, LeBron James. But I think, you know, when you the first seed, you get swept and you sit in your best player, you know, I think all that weighed in, you know, on his firing. I think that the team was, I mean, the, the city, the organization was tired of, you know, losing, getting into the playoffs, you know, talking about playoff Raptors, you know, they really don't show up. They're tired of that stigma, so I guess they wanted to go somewhere different. So I understand the firing, but, I mean, at the same time, when you set records, you got to get a man another shot. You know, I think he deserved another year. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, Detroit Pistons versus Raptors matchup should be very interesting. <laughs> 
But uh, one thing that I saw, uh, Rudy Gobert won defensive player of the year. I, we disagree. I think Anthony Davis deserved that thing, man. I think Anthony Davis deserved it. Yeah, you know how AD kind of doesn't get the respect that he always deserves and kind of gets looked over. Um, and my my knock on it still, too, is, I mean, I know AD misses games here and there, but he still played, like, 75-plus games this year. And to me, Rudy Gobert missing almost a quarter of the season, like, I, I think he could have got dinged for that. Now, his his impact on the Jazz defense, I mean, it, it is monumental. Like, if you look at the defensive metrics with Rudy Gobert on the court as opposed to him off, and you look at how their team record-wise improved so much once he got healthy. Like, I mean, I can I could see it, but, you know, of course, we decided with AD on that, so. And then, Lou Will got six-man of the year. Yeah. Six-man like Lou Will. I mean, you know, it, that man, that should name, we name that reward to Lou Williams because that dude got, what, like two or three already? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, he picked up one with the Lakers. I think he had one with Toronto. So I think that's like his third one. So I mean, I think that award should be officially named Lou Williams. Right. I, I think that I mean that was merited. Like, who else were you really gonna give that award to? Like, who else could have gotten it? Honestly, I just don't see Eric Gordon. Huh? Eric Gordon. I'm Eric Gordon got it last year, but Lou Will had a had I mean, much Eric Gordon had a strong case because he was having a start when Chris Paul was hurt and he, when James Harden was hurt for uh, like a, a few games he had to start and he was able to do it. And then he gives them that spark off the bench. I think Eric Gordon had a strong case. Not strong enough. Not strong enough. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not. And then Lou Will. You know, his team wasn't that successful either. I mean, they were right outside of the playoff pitch. I oh, mean, so they, that's what we measure success I'm just at. saying, like, Luke, to me, on on this team this year, I understand what you're talking about with Eric Gordon having to miss, uh, having to step in and fill in for Chris Paul doing some injuries. But to me, over the course of the season, Lou Will carried a bigger weight for that team than Eric Gordon carried. Because it was Oh, come on, man. So it wasn't? So I so you we were trash this year too then right? What the Lakers? We, we were, were kind of trash. I mean, I mean we fans, but we were kind of trash, bro. I can kind of agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we Lakers, bro. I'm gonna trash. be honest, we were. I mean, we trash. came on the second half of the season. Bro. I mean, but I mean, that's Laker vibes, man. Yeah. We're trash. Yeah, we was trash, bro. We, we I just don't. I I just don't see. Yeah, apart from the whole Lakers thing, maybe I can get y'all there, but I still don't see the argument for Eric Gordon over Lou Will. Like, I mean, I I'm not gonna say I didn't say that I would choose Eric Gordon over him, but I think that Eric Gordon has a substantial case. Like if somebody said, "Hey, I think Eric Gordon could," I wouldn't be mad at it. If Eric Gordon would have got it, I wouldn't have been mad. At I mean, that's the same as so many of these other awards, but still. I don't think he should have won. Okay. Yeah. I mean, only comp- other competition, like the other people, I think it was Eric Gordon and it was Van Bleek yeah. from Toronto. Not Van Bleek. You know. I don't think he should have got it. No, but they he was he was nominated, you know, and if you got those two looking at those two, it's easy to give it to Lou Williams again. I mean, because the things he do and how he, how he scored the ball, I mean, you got to give it to Lou. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we finally got... Outside of those awards, we finally got this Ricky of the Year thing somewhat settled, I guess. Ben Simmons. Yeah, with Ben Simmons. Did y'all see the Nike ad or whatever that they put out? Yeah, I saw that. The whole not a rookie, the rookie thing or whatever. Adidas ad? 
Huh? Cause they ain't Nike. No, Nike. Ben not signed to Nike. Yeah, you just said it right. He he is signed to Nike. Oh, I thought you were talking about like the bus that uh, the nah. bus that said a, a rookie. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about. So, nah. so it was interesting because you know, like Ramon's talking about, that's Adidas and Nike's pretty much taking shots at each other with the whole thing, and you know, the whole time Adidas was sponsoring um, Donovan Mitchell with his not a rookie stuff. You know, all that stuff was Adidas gear. And then once the award was finally announced, you know, like Ramon mentioned, you know, um, they kind of said not a rookie and then rookie of the year pretty much, you know, like proving like, yeah, I, we won. Again, you know, Nike yeah. always outdoing Adidas, of course. But Ben Simmons is not a rookie. Yeah. He was not a rookie. Yeah, I've been seeing the stuff on Twitter talking about like the rookie of the year candidates for next year and they keep mentioning Ben amongst the top <laughs> candidates for next year. <laughs> you haven't seen that? Yeah, you he got like, yeah, he got the eyes with like Luca and Bagley and all them. And Ben is one of the top candidates to get it again. Man, they gotta change their rule, bro. If you get hurt too bad, like you, you just you're not a rookie. Like you're just ineligible for that award. Like you're not a rookie. Like yeah, that I feel the same way about it, bro. You know, we kind of yeah, we talked about talk. this, but whatever. I'm, I'm happy that the fellow former LSU Tiger got him a got him a uh, yeah, I don't know, a rookie of the year award. And then, I mean, the inevitable got figured out with this whole MVP situation. Like, I mean, we knew it was going to be James Harden for forever, but, of course, you always had a LeBron apologist that are saying that he should get it every year. So Even Kyrie said that, you know, he said that James Harden was the people's MVP, but LeBron is the, is the NBA MVP. I'm like, is this you trying to, like – trying to cover up how the, the turmoil that you caused last year around this time. Yeah. <laughs> trying to push your way out of Cleveland and saying you want to play with LeBron and everything. It was just kind of weird timing for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. I mean, I think I mean, I mean, think it was more so uh, Kyrie just being honest. And I mean, if you look at what LeBron did, I mean, and a lot of people, what a lot of people do, and, and, and it sucks, and this weird timing of announcing these awards. When this happened, they need to go ahead and announce it or do some type of maybe have a week or something where before the playoffs start and then announce all the awards within that week. And that way, people don't have the bias of the playoffs starting because it's the regular season awards, not the playoffs. People see what happened in the playoffs and how LeBron brought his team all the way to the finals and that make them jaded. They make them biased. And the same thing with Donovan Mitchell, how Donovan Mitchell pretty mm-hmm. much, you know, you know how Ben Simmons didn't really show up in the playoffs like he should have, and Donovan Mitchell did. You know, um, and so that made a lot of people biased. So I think they need to go ahead and change the timeline of these awards given out, and just go ahead and give it a week after, or maybe a few days after yeah. this regular season. I agree, Adam Silver Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you got all the jokes today. Man. You got all the jokes. Like you said, I think they need to go back to the time frame that essentially they used to have, like. You know, the MVP used to be introduced, you know, to everybody during, like, the second round of the playoffs. You used to see yeah. the guy, he would be in his arena holding up the trophy. Rookie of the year used yeah. to get announced in, like, the first yeah. round. These guys would be able to go into their arenas and hold up the awards yeah. or do that kind of I, stuff. I'm over the NBA awards. Yeah, like, it's, it's, I, I it's kind of whack. Yeah, it's unnecessary. Like, and then you make everybody wait, you know what I'm saying, like, months and months after. You know, like, it's just unnecessary, bro. Like, just... Announce it and let him hang, you know, hang with his teams and his fans, you know, let them enjoy that moment together, you know. Right. But, to me, it used to just be much more of a special moment type with that. Like you said, now 
you know, as you were saying, Lois, with it extending the way it extends, then it, it just clouds everybody's judgment on it because now they have yeah. additional stuff to put in and to factor in when really that stuff is not in a part of the awards. Like the award is a regular season award, so announce it like you said, pretty much right after the regular season, if it's like right when the playoffs get started or something like that, like let it fly in instead of waiting and holding on to it. So, yeah, you know, but overall, I mean, we'll see if they continue to go with this formula. Bottom line, if the NBA is getting good ratings on this award show and making money from it, then we know they ain't going to change it. So, yeah, so we'll see how it flows. So, yep. so. Yeah, I mean that was that's that's a good point, Los. I like I really like that. I think that they should, you know, definitely, you know, let us know what's going on before the playoffs, before their judgment is clouded. That's 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 quite simple, because it gives you know it gives people fuel to you know forget that hey, this is a regular season award. Right. right. Another another just quick point uh, is what do y'all do? Y'all think one day they gonna have like a documentary, like of course you know they do thirty for thirty and all that on OKC situation. Like the fact that you literally in three consecutive drafts drafted an MVP. Yeah. Oh seven, oh eight, oh nine. You drafted an MVP, and what do you have to show for it at this point? And then Sam Presti for Sam Presti to quote uh, Trial oh Paul Quist and talk about. Uh, uh, scary money, money don't, don't make none, but yeah. I don't want to hear that. You let you let. Uh, hard and go because you didn't want to pay him. Uh, well, you you drove KD away, and you know like what is going on? Like so, that's so I, hypocritical. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's the weirdest thing. I mean, you did they did they were for a long time the model everybody wanted to follow. They was talking about how they did so well with drafting. The you know, best they were the they model. Never so it's yeah, and then, you know, we not we didn't even mention you know Serge Serge was there too during that time Serge was also a good pickup yeah, by them so they had you know they had nah, James Harden oh yeah they had KD they had oh you didn't hear none of that huh? and Serge you know so it's it's weird you know what I'm saying it's weird that they end up I even when they traded him to uh when they traded him to Houston I did not agree with that move I thought they should have held on to him, you know, made the money work and kept their big three. And, you know, maybe get rid of Surge, you know, and then, you know, build around those other pieces. You know, yeah. but they should have held on to those big three. I mean, I mean, Rick, I mean, you know, it's always vision is 2020 after it's always passed, but I'm just saying it's like, I really feel like they should have held on to those three. Right, right. And like you said, it's one of those things that, you know, I mean, we look back on it and we say, you know, it was a bad thing. I know, at their point, when they were sitting right there, still a small market team, they hadn't gotten totally used to paying stars. James Harden had just come off of a terrible finals performance. I don't know if everybody remember, but he was terrible against the Heat. Like, that's a big part of why they lost that series. Um, but still, at the end of the day, I think they should have let that cook, let that continue to develop. And you, I mean, that really could have been a dynasty in the league. Like, they should have won several championships. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's a good point. And... The title to your documentary, Thirty for Thirty One, is the best that never was. Yeah, the the dynasty yeah. that never was. No, the the best that the never best was. that never was. Yeah, yeah. And whenever you make that documentary, I would like royalties for the title. I mean, I had already came up. With if not, I'll just sue similar, you. So. I'll just sue you like uh, Ed Sheeran is being sued for other <laughs> Marvin. <Yeah. game. laughs> what is it? What a hundred mil? A hundred? Yeah. Man, yeah. that's a huge. That was a huge record, man. 
But we're not a music podcast, but we was able to give you a little NBA free agency, you know, uh, you know, some food for thought uh, because free agency starts July 1st at midnight. So we are going to watch all these things unfold. The best time of the year for NBA fans once the playoffs are over with, once the finals are over with. So uh, real quick, um, I, you know, as promised, we will have a complete fantasy football episode but with, with with so much going on NBA free agency we decided to cover that but real quick at the back of the end we're going to give some NBA fantasy advice like we tr- try to do NFL, almost every week NFL. what I said you said NBA oh I like the NBA <laughs> but yeah NFL fantasy uh, advice so real quick guys who is your favorite rookie in this NFL fantasy draft give the listeners a little insight who is your who is your favorite one to succeed? Your favorite NFL rookie to succeed in this draft? Brad, this is an easy one for me. I mean, it's Saquon Barkley. Yeah, like you, uh, he would take the low hanging fruit. <laughs> I mean, you kind of make it easy for me. Like, I mean, last year, last week we talked about Saquon. You know, I believe that he's a guy that if you're in like a twelve team league, you can see him taking at the end of that first round, and I'd be comfortable with that. And I just think that out there in New York, to me, I think he's going to excel. They got several weapons, so it's not like they'll just be able to load the box. They're going to have to spread out. They got to go get Odell, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. So it's not like the defense can load the box against him. They tried to address their offensive line needs through the draft. Um, and so, I mean, Saquon is kind of the easy pick there, so I just went and grabbed that one real quick. Well, my rookie that I like, uh, which will, will help our listeners when if they're doing NFL fantasy drafts, is Baker Mayfield. I think he's in a good situation. He has the weapons with Jarvis and Jarvis Landry, and he has Flash Garden as well. And they just signed the running back in free agency, uh, your guy. Oh, you talking about um from San Francisco? Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde. Yeah. So I mean, he's I mean Baker Mayfield is going to a real good situation, and if you're one of those guys who don't really like spending a high round pick on quarterbacks, then hey, you could potentially wait late to get Baker Mayfield, or hey, pick him up off waivers the night after the draft, and you could just use the rest of your picks just to pad your personnel. With running backs, tight ends, and you know your other personnel, so I think that Baker Mayfield may be someone you may want to look at. I would uh, pay close surveillance on him and how he's doing in training camp and in the off season. But I think that he'll be he's one of my favorite rookies to take in his draft, just because he's going to a good situation. Yeah, so I mean, Ramon went with a running back. You went with a quarterback. So I. I guess I'll go with the wide receiver, and I'll go with uh, DJ Moore. I like DJ Moore and his landing spot with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're lacking weapons. You know, they have Christian McCaffrey, but they did lose Jonathan Stewart. You know, and I think they picked up C.J. Anderson. So, I mean, I like to see DJ Moore. I think he's going to be used heavily with that team. You know, yeah. they still got punches there, but I think he's going to be their speed receiver, yeah. you know. And so I think, you know, with – Cam Newton's arm, I think he's going to be a big play receiver in fantasy. I like that. Yeah, I like, I like that. that. So, we got Ramon taking Saquon. We got Carlos taking DJ Moore. And I took Baker Mayfield. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and let us know. If it works out for you, let us know on Twitter or Instagram, O underscore Benchwarmers, if you like that. I know drafts are coming up. 
Uh, I don't know if we're going to have a fantasy league because we're waiting on Ramon to set it up. <laughs> maybe we're going to have it, right? Maybe that'll be a priority I, in our life. I draft this not until basically the week or so. I just want to know my so pick. I just want to know my pick. You're going to know your pick a month in advance of the draft. That gives you enough time to prep. It's you can't enough. prep. Last year when I was time. commissioner, you knew your pick by now. No, you didn't. No, no, don't try to say it. We did not know our pick by yes, now. Yes, I did. Yes, we collected, we collected money last year in like July, leading up until August. That has and we don't, to do with the pick. We don't get our pick until after money is collected. No, nah, That's man. how we've done it. Yeah. It was true. June. It was that like, was your rule. You made that rule. <laughs> how you make the rule and forget it? Don't try to glorify yourself like you did something that was completely different than what's going on. Last year, we didn't get our picks till. July or August, no, somewhere around there. It wasn't that not time. August. It, it, it was early July at the latest. It was early July at the latest. I'm going to pull out the receipts and we that may have a, to. That was a, no, but that was your way of getting people to pay. You're like, we're not giving our picks. Right. Like, we don't want people to be mad or jaded with their pick and not want to. And we pay. didn't pay until so July. Pay I know we did it, not pay I until know, July. I'm, all right, I'll give you July, but it had to be early July because y'all had y'all picks early. Right, I'm going to pull out the receipts for you. This it might not come for this part. My next part, I have to receive. But anyway, thank you for listening to us. This is Opinionated Benchwarmers production. This is episode ten. We finally made it to the double figures. We hope you enjoy what you heard. Be sure to keep up with the NBA free agency, which starts on July first on Sunday. Make sure that you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you look for us on Facebook as well at Opinionated Benchwarmers. Uh, for the pod wise, make sure that you're subscribing. Make sure that, that you're rating it if you haven't done so already, and make sure that you're sharing this inf- sharing this pod with a friend. Uh, we out of here. Yo, wait, wait, and, wait, 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 uh, before, before we before here. we before we close. Pulling out the receipts right now. August 14, twenty seventeen. Picks are in. Picks dropped Pixar. last year, Man. August 14, 2017. I got the receipts. Well, you looking at it now. You looking at it now. Well, so go hard. ahead and close the pot again, but I just wanted to say, don't try to make me look bad as a commission. Well, we still don't know if we're having a league. Cause having... <laughs> I know that definitely I communicated and let people know that we have a league. <laughs> Bro, don't make me pull out that receipt, too. No, I, I did. <laughs> so I didn't. I know I did something in July. It might not have been the picks, but at least people were communicating with. Bro, you don't even know who's going to leave. I'm going to let you leave anyway. on this one, bro. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we out of here.